This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. You're listening to Mackie and Judd from the TCL Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Now launching. Mackie and Judd. We get things rolling with the opening bell. Want to ring the bell? with a steal, great hands and anticipation, and an even better finish for Cat. Gets it back to a three-point game. His second bucket tonight. Towns, the drive, and gets past Thompson. Man, that was with authority. Timberwolves positive. You know, in our last game, he didn't shoot well, but he played well. And so, you know, today he he shot well and he he played well and made some big defensive plays in in the fourth quarter that were huge that impact the game in a great way. I thought Wig was a lot better today. Um, You know, I thought Derek gave us a a big spark in the second half, particularly at the start of the fourth quarter, and that was huge for us. We have a long way to go, you know, so I think we're improving. Uh, We're still not playing as well as we can. Uh, And if we want to be a good team, we're going to have to continue to work. Let's hear it again. Timberwolves positives. That's right. Now 6-2 and two after beating the Cleveland Cavaliers last night since the Jimmy Butler trade. And Manny Hill, we will start with the positive of Robert Covington, who on Saturday night went, and I'll say this slowly because it's a bit hard to believe, but it's what he did, 1-18 for 18 from the field against the Chicago Bulls in yeah. a game at Target Center that the Timberwolves won. And Covington still played pretty damn good defense in that mm-hmm. game. Last night, 8-for-12 against the Cavs, also made a four of seven threes, scored a game-high 24 points, two steals, and again played great defense. It is remarkable, and Covington's been very good, so I'm not selling him short here at all, but it is remarkable the change in the demeanor, and some of, not all of, because we'll get to that, some of the key players with this franchise, mostly Carl Anthony Towns, yeah. Since the trade of Jimmy Butler, this actually looks like Eureka. I'm shocked. A team. Yeah. And the chemistry is really good. And they're playing tremendous defense. The defense has improved dramatically since the trade. And Robert Covington in particular, and me and Danny Cunningham and Dane Moore, we taped a raise by Wolves this morning. It's up now at 1500ESPN.com. Have a listen. But we talked about the what Robert Covington has brought to the table not only on the court but off the court as well is like it sounds like him and Carl Anthony Towns especially have really grown close and have really developed a pretty good relationship and some good chemistry on the floor and 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 all that stuff and that's been that's been big because now we're seeing Towns play a lot better than what he was playing before 
what's his name who's in Philadelphia now is here. So um, this is this has been good. There, I mean, you can't deny the, the the numbers, and I think we've seen enough now in the last couple of weeks since the trade yep. to say, yeah, this is this is significant. It's not one or two games. We've seen eight games now since since the trade was made. How frustrating is it though? Because the team got off to that got awful four nine start with mm-hmm. Butler, and it was just a mess, and you could tell it. How frustrated as a Wolves fan are you, though, by the fact that they essentially allowed that to happen? And there were trades out there. I think mm-hmm. the most, I think by far and away, the most important thing was getting rid of Butler. Yes. You, you were going to get, the Heat offered you a nice package. And and you could have made that trade right as the season started and avoided this 13-game colossal mess. And the honest answer to the entire thing was, Tibbs somehow thought that he was going to get Jimmy to stay. And he somehow thought, and this is the remarkable thing, and this is why I'd still fire him. He thought that that was the right idea. And it wasn't. He was completely wrong. Right. And the frustrating thing about that is you, me, Mackie, Danny Cunningham, my dog, all looked at it and said, you're an idiot. Like yeah. It wasn't one of those, I see what you're doing here, and I think I would do the same thing. It was, this is a colossal blunder. In a very tough conference, mm-hmm. and you took 13 games and summarily flushed them down the toilet. So my, because we kept saying, Carl Anthony Towns, no matter what you say about him, and there are weaknesses, probably personality-wise too. Mm-hmm. But no matter what you say about him, this guy has the potential to be a superstar. But things need to be tilted towards him. He just yeah. needs that. He's not Butler. And to spend 13 games spinning your wheels completely and losing games almost on purpose is a ridiculous thing, and now you are seeing on a nightly basis this team play as a team, and Cat is empowered. And when Cat is empowered, it's a different story. And what did I say all summer long when I was when I would fill in and co-host this show with you, especially during the state fair, and even towards you know at the end of the at the end of last season, Carl Anthony Towns is the most important player in this franchise. And that was never up for debate, though. No, it like, never we was. All, we, everybody agreed. Everybody the listeners knew agreed. that. That's what I'm saying. I understand when an executive or a team screws something up and we all second-guess it, mm-hmm. I completely get them saying, that's a second guess. Just shut up. Mm-hmm. And we do that. That's our job. That's but this fans was job. painfully obvious. Exactly. This was, a, this was a, Tom, sit down and shut up and listen, because we're about to tell you something very important here. You can get what we what we have seen. Listen, you had players against the Bulls that were god-awful. And if I'm not mistaken, Cat scored thir- 35 points, and you won that game. Mm-hmm. And you won that game because of Cat. Th- it was painfully obvious what was going to ha- happen here. Four and nine might be fortunate. Because that time that Butler was here was a complete joke. The team was a joke. He was the coach sitting out was a games. joke. Yes, everything yeah. was a joke. You, you made a mockery of your franchise. But that being said, the flip side is this. What what we're seeing now is realistic. And I don't know if it's a playoff team. I think it probably might not be. But at least you watch this team and you say to yourself, I see it. I see Mm -hmm. Cat playing well. And I see the makings of what looks like a team, not a bunch of individuals who at one point, when Butler was here, most of them were miserable. They were. And, And I, you know... As far as playoffs go, if if you ask me if if I were a betting man if they would make the playoffs, I would say no. But the way they're playing right now and the improve the improvement on defense, and and I know that the schedule hasn't 
been particularly challenging, but it's been an, a challenging stretch in that they've had to travel a lot. Mm-hmm. They've had to go back and forth, you know, between between cities and being at home and 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 that sort of thing. So they're they're playing better. The chemistry is there, and chemistry is a big part of this thing, Judd. It's a big like, part of it's, sports. It's, it's huge. People it's dismiss not just, it. Yeah, people dismiss it way too people much. People just think. People just assume. Well, Jimmy Butler, they, the, the Wolves were trading away the best player in in whatever deal that they made by trading Jimmy Butler. But you 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 have to take into account the situation being what it was, and the chemistry improving now that Jimmy is out of here because Jimmy wasn't happy and Jimmy was he was ready to go. Well, Jimmy was making... He wanted out. Jimmy was... Doesn't sab- matter how good he well, was, he didn't want to be here anymore. The reason why Tibbs had to sit down, shut up, and listen was Jimmy was sabotaging you on purpose. Yes! It, there, there's a big difference between I'd like to be traded and I will continue to be a good employee until I am traded and I am going to purposely sabotage you. And that's 1,000% what he was willing to do and that's why for Tom to sit there and take that and accept that, I still think after the Sacramento game, I don't believe for one second the tip said, that's it. I think somebody, probably Glenn or someone said, he is being traded right now. Because that was the game. <laughs> that was the first game where you watched that game and thought, he's not just sabotaging the team in practice. He's now sabotaging them in games. Mm-hmm. I mean, I saw it tweeted that it looked like he threw the game. And I would never accuse a player of throwing a game unless I knew he did so. Minutes. But, but that whole thing looked dicey. And well, by that point, by that point, I don't buy for one second that that was Tibbs. I think somebody finally said, Tom, he's I don't going. buy it was Tibbs at all just because Jimmy gone. played 41 bleeping minutes. Well, in and that I think game. that was Tom's bleep you to Jimmy in the end. But anyway, the dysfunction was off the charts. Right. And now it's gone. But while there are. Some significant Timberwolves positives. There's also the elephant in the room. Timberwolves negatives. We go be out there most of the time. It was just what they were they were playing zone, and I wanted more dribble penetration, and so that's what I was. And I actually was thinking about putting him in at four, um, but it was just the way the game was unfolding. But he, you know, Wiggle finished most games, or will he? In should, the first, should be finishing all of them if he was the player that we all expected him to be. In the first year, in the first year of a five-year, $148 million max contract, Andrew Wiggins was not on the court to end last night's game against Cleveland. By the way, let me remind you, the Cleveland Cavaliers are the team that traded him to the Timberwolves, and if you remember some of his best games yeah. back in the rookie year of that was a motivation game. Yeah, those are always the games he got up came for. Came against Cleveland. Oh, yeah. Andrew Wiggins last night, 4 of 11, 11 points, 3 assists, 2 steals, and 2 blocks. After against the Chicago Bulls, managing to go. In fact, let me give you the contract again before I tell you what he did against the Bulls, just in case you missed Saturday's game. Five years, $148 million on Saturday night against the Chicago Bulls, who have guys injured. They are a mess. Wiggy, they don't play any defense. Wiggy, yeah, exactly. Wiggy, 0 for 12 and no points. I told you this, and you're way more of a Wolves guy than I am, mm-hmm. but I told you this yep. when Jimmy Butler was traded. I said, this is going to become a main or the main talking point of what do you do. Mm-hmm. Andrew Wiggins did not play at the end of last night's game. He's at the start of a max contract. 
and looks to me to be completely lost right now. Completely yeah. lost. So Tibbs is doing his best to dance around this, Manny mm-hmm. Hill. But what the hell do you do? And you remember after the Pelicans game and you had the big dunk and everybody was like, yes, this is great, Andrew. Yes, yes. And we got a I couple was at calls. That game, yes. Yeah. And we got a couple calls the next day and everybody's like, well, yeah, he's, he's good. He's good. You know, Wiggins is going to be fine and back off Wiggins. And now we have this. This is what I was talking about. He has to show it. He has to show it consistently. But he can't. But he can't. But he's incapable. He, hasn't. You're, he you're never a- has. So you're asking for something that's not going to happen. So what do you do? I mean, I mean he, he looked at the owner in the eye a year ago and said, of course I'll work hard for my $150 million over five years. As if he was going to say, you know what, Glenn? I am a bust. I am a flop. But what do you do with this? I don't know. All right. I'll, I don't know. I'll tell you one thing I don't get. <laughs> I'm going to give you one more thing before we're done with the segment. Timberwolves negatives. I'm going to give you a stat, because I like this guy a lot. I like this kid. He's a hard worker. First-round pick, but he's a hard worker. Mm-hmm. Josh Akogi. Oh. In six games, I'm going to give you six games before the current six-game span the Wolves are in, Manny Hill. I'm going to give you his minutes. Don't care about anything else, because he, he's an energizer bunny. Mm-hmm. 30, 20, 12, 27, 20, 17. I think 17 was against the Pelicans. Mm-hmm. There have been six games since then. So this is the game that Andrew had the dunk in and looked actually good in at times. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to give you the cumulative of minutes played in the past six games for young Josh Okoge. Two. Two minutes. How is this kid not on the court? He is... He works his, pardon my French, at 3.12 in the afternoon ass off. Mm-hmm. There's no reason not to play him. Yeah, I think the only reason why is right now Tibbs is using Tyus Jones as the backup point guard. And Derrick Rose is sort of the backup two guard, the sixth man, the guy, the, the reserve player who gets a majority of the minutes. He gets starters minutes, even though people are complaining he should be starting while well, he's playing starters minutes. So who cares? Um, and I think right now there's just in Tibbs's eyes, there's no room for Josh Okogie in the rotation. I don't agree with that That's a mistake. at all. I think there's got to be a way to find Tibbs has got to find a way to get this kid out there and get him some significant minutes. If, if not regularly in the rotation, find a way to get him in some specific situational playing time. Where like to play like on Prince Night play. when Listen. Robert Covington got into foul yeah. trouble in the third quarter. Yeah, you know what, Tom? Listen you to could me again. Put Listen Josh Kogi out there because he's a good defender. Tom, and, sit yeah, down, shut up, know. and listen again. Play a Kogi. It's that simple. Play hard for forty-eight minutes. He's T- got to earn his minutes. A TCL Broadcast Studios. Doogie with an early scoop after this. Mackie and Judd. Sit tight. The Mackie and Judd show will continue in a moment. Do I have your word on that, sir? Mackie and Judd. Absolutely. On fifteen hundred ESPN. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, Mackie and Judd are back. Come on, there's so much to do. On 1500 ESPN. All right, time to check traffic here in the TCL Broadcast Studios. And uh, Judd and Doogie, I'm happy to report there are no crashes in the area right now. So that's a good sign, right? I guess wait till 4 o'clock. Keep it that way. Yeah. Keep I'll, it that, that I'll do way, my folks. best to keep it that way. All right. Yeah. We're going to be out there most of the time. It was just what... They were they were playing zone and I wanted more dribble penetration, and so that's what I was and I actually was thinking about putting him in at four, uh, but it was just the way the game was unfolding. But he, you know, Wiggle finished most games. 
Our 1500 ESPN Twitter poll that you can go to and vote on right now is what grade do you give Tibbs for benching Andrew Wiggins in the fourth quarter last night? Do you give him an A+, plus, an A, or an A-? minus? And those are your only three options. 63% right now, Doogie saying A+, plus, 21% saying an A, 16% saying A-. minus. Good afternoon, sir. Hello, uh, Judd. Hi, t- Manny. Time Hello, for you, Time for you to scoop us, and I want you to start there. Andrew Wiggins, what, from your understanding, is the feeling around this league, and uh, specifically if there is one that you picked up on from Target Center, about this young man who is, I'll remind you again, in the first year of a five-year, $148 million max contract. I'll also remind you that he is, indeed, a young man. And there is a belief from some league people that I have texted with that once he plays for his next coach, which eventually will happen, will it happen as soon as mid-January, next October, but at some point, relatively soon. Maybe it's two years from now, who knows. But at some point, Andrew Wiggins will play for another coach. It is the belief of a couple league folks that I know that they feel like Andrew will, maybe he never lives up to expectations, but that he can be a good player under a different coach and just look back at his success under Sam Mitchell or Flip Saunders, that he will never succeed. He will never sustain success. He'll pop. He'll have a good game here, a good game there, but he'll never sustain success under Tom Thibodeau. So, all right, let's go down that path then because the investment in the player is made. Unless you are planning to or know that you can trade said player... It's in your best interest to find someone who can have the most success possible with your highest paid players. What would be, as we sit here now, post-Jimmy Butler trade, in which time the Wolves went, what, 4-9 and nine and 13 games and are 6-2 and two since, what would be the timetable potentially for some type of change to be made where Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns, and the whole collection might have a new coach? Well, I mean, this is Tibbs' last stand. To their credit, this eight-game sample size... To me, relatively small. But nonetheless, they have played well, very well. Especially what on defense. What are they? Yeah, top two, top three defensive rating, Manny? I think top, uh, well, Jonathan, you had the numbers, right? I think it was top four in defensive rating. Yeah, I mean, they've the, been great. The trade. Yeah, top four since the trade. Now, it helps to play the Bulls, the Cavs, the Nets, but they also lost to those teams, some of those bad teams. The Cavs obviously weren't bad last year, but you look at their record on the road last year against the bottom of the Eastern oh, Conference. It was, awful. Mm-hmm. It was horrendous. So that's progress. They were 13 and 17 overall against the Eastern Conference yeah. last year. Don't so duck, the, Brooklyn don't duck the question. When does Tibbs get fired? Well, I need to find out the exact date, but at some point soon after the first of the year, season ticket renewal forms go out. Mm. I can just tell you it. Now, there's no guarantee, right, that people all of a sudden would show up or renew. Or come back. Maybe they don't initially renew, but then come back if a change is made. But I can just tell you, there are people on the business slash marketing side wondering about that. They see that there's still all sorts of vitriol among the fan base. Heck, Jet, I was there on Wednesday night for the Denver game. Mm-hmm. I have been, it's pretty much a tradition, the Wolves request the Wednesday night before Thanksgiving as a home date. So they've gotten that home date for many years. So I bet this was maybe my fifth, sixth, seventh time at a Wolves game the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, a little bit of a mini family tradition. This was by far 
the most empty that that arena has been. Mm. That being said, we were in section 126 row S. That being said, there were still about 10 people in my vicinity shouting boo, boo, boo when Tibbs' name was announced right before tip. There is still a lot of hatred, bitterness. Now, again, I'm telling you, there's no guarantee that if you fire Tibbs and you bring in Chauncey Billups to run the front office and allow Chauncey to hire his next coach, there's no guarantee that people all of a sudden will is show up. Is that your guess? Are, are you saying his name because you've heard something, or are you saying his name Well, I would say this much. There is interest. Okay. Now, is From it reciprocated? Side. Yeah, I was There's say interest in Chauncey. That side, as Chauncey a, as running coach, the Wolves. Okay, as oh a, no, as executive. An executive. Okay, yeah, he wants to he wants to run a front office. He turned down the Cavs. Yeah, he Cavs kind of lowballed them too, didn't they? They did, yeah. but it wasn't all about the money. There was there was more to it than that. Chauncey and Glenn still have a relationship. I think Glenn realizes that at some point he needs to go back to more the traditional model. Have somebody who solely runs the front office. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. And let somebody focus solely on coaching. So. To me, that would make some logical sense to bring in Chauncey at some point, then allow Chauncey. So we can talk all we want about Monty Williams. That would be my guy. Mm-hmm. Or Fred Hoiberg gets fired in Chicago. We know that Glenn and Fred have a good relationship. I still think Fred's a pretty good basketball mind. Or we could talk about Jerry Stackhouse or any number of I like worthy assistants. Yeah, I mean, my buddy J.B. Bickerstaff, who's coaching Memphis, thinks the world of Jerry. Mm-hmm. Jerry's got a really bright future as a head coach. you know. But we can speculate all we want about all these names. To me, you bring in a president of operations, whether it's Chauncey or somebody else, then allow that person to hire his next head coach. What is the league-wide view of Ryan Saunders? Ryan is really young, right? He's 31, 32? Yes, he is 32. But what's the league-wide perception of him, I think that eventually he'll get a shot. But to suggest that Ryan Saunders is ready right now to lead a team is a stretch. Is a stretch. Okay, and that's not necessarily league. I'll just tell you this much, Manny. That's from people that have worked with him over the last couple of years, and I mm-hmm. like Ryan. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's not. An and indict- I'm telling you, it's not, not an a, indictment no, on Ryan not at all. He can be a he's head a coach guy. when he's forty, but yeah, yeah. I mean, the he's, amount he's of 32, fans, he's got a lot of time. Yeah, just the amount of fans though, that reach out to me on social media saying hire Ryan. But Saunders. just because they can't stand Tom. Exactly, and they loved Flip, and so they love the idea that Ryan is Flip's son. I'm just telling you, Ryan eventually will be. Heck, write that down. It may not come to fruition until 2028. Hold on, I'm going to write that down for Friday right now. I'm going to steal that from you. Ryan Saunders will eventually be a head coach, but to think that Ryan Saunders is ready to be the Wolves head coach next year, to me, is an enormous stretch. Put it that way. We'll leave it at that. Gopher Hoopsters fall to 5-1 and one last night. They lose to Boston College. The way they lost, though, was yes. uh, about as ugly as you can get. I've got it uh, here from the Star Tribune story. Well, you look at 20, that. 29% from the field, 23.5% from the field in the second half. Well, and that's the recipe that teams will adopt here the rest of the way, whether it's Oklahoma Zone? State Friday, Zone, yeah. Ohio State Sunday, Nebraska early next week. They will play a good amount of zone because it just wasn't last night. I mean, even going back to the Texas A&M game, the Washington game, we're not seeing a team that has shot the ball incredibly well. Now, eventually, they'll get back Eric Curry, although I'm told more doubtful than likely that he plays in any of these next three games. So you think about these next three games, OK State, 
Nebraska, Ohio State. They start that Big Ten stretch, and then they go back. There's a little bit of a break in December for finals, but they have some layups, you know, some cupcakes, and then you start conference play again, what, late December. Mm-hmm. I think it's more likely that Curry is back, you know, sometime mid-December, then late December, than these key three games coming up. But when he is back, his passing ability, I think, will help. So they clearly miss Eric Curry, but it is not a good shooting team. But Gabe Kausher can make threes. I mean, he can shoot. And I still think, whether it's Dupree, Amir, Brock Stahl, he's still not in great shape. But maybe Brock Stahl by February is in better shape. The Wisconsin-Milwaukee transfer. I mean, I do think those guys can make shots. So I don't think last night is a complete disaster. But texting with some people close to the program, I do know that they are troubled by not just losing at Boston College. I mean, there was some fatigue. I mean, you're out on the West Coast in Vancouver. You're back for a few days, and all of a sudden you go east. You know, that might have been a factor, but it was how they lost. So, yes, very, very troubling missing 25 threes. Back to the Wolves. Leftover notes. There are still teams monitoring Anthony Tolliver's situation. I mean, he's rotting on the bench here. What situation is that? Well, Yeah. yeah, exactly. What would you call not playing ever? I mean, he should play. I think he should. Now, Okogie should play, too, and if you're only going to go with 10... Not 11. Yes, give me Josh over Anthony. But I do think Tolliver is worthy of some minutes. There are teams like Dallas, the Clippers, others monitoring the situation. And on Bradley Beal, I'm led to believe that Washington, unless they're blown away, I mean, you never say never. It's not like he's, you know, it's not like he's the Greek freak. You know, it's not like he's in that top tier of. Guys that are completely untouchable. Mm -hmm. But I'm led to believe that unless Washington is blown away, they are not moving Bradley Beal. But I can tell you the local guys are huge fans of Bradley Beal. Well, the Wizards need to move John Wall, but that contract is going to be almost impossible to move because he's going to be making $40-plus million a year, and he's already showing signs of breaking down. And you wonder about the locker room attitude of said John Wall as well. Yes, would agree on that. So, yeah, I mean, Washington wants to build around Beal, not Wall. So, I mean, unless you're willing to give up Carl Anthony Towns, not happening. Nope. But unless you're willing to give up Cat, there isn't a logical match. There's not a match. So, while the Wolves think the world of Beal, yep. there has been dialogue between the Wolves and the Wizards going back a number of weeks, going back to the Jimmy Butler talks, when the Wizards were willing to do Otto Porter for Butler, and the Wolves said no. Mm-hmm. And I don't blame the Wolves for saying no with that offer, but there was dialogue back then. The Wolves let Washington know, hey, if you ever want to do anything with Beal, just keep us in the loop. Just remember that we think the world of him. Just give us a call. But they're just, I'm telling you, there just isn't a logical match between the Wolves and the Wizards. Could you imagine putting Jimmy Butler into that locker room in Washington? Oh, it would the way it's the way fantastic. that locker room is going right now. That yeah. would be. It would have been great fun. That would be that would be theatrical to uh, say the least. What? One more thing on the Golfers from last night. How yeah. was Amir Coffey's ankle? Because he turned it, went back yeah, he's in, okay. but that was late in the game. Yep, he'll be okay. Yep, okay. yep. told it he'll play on Friday against Oklahoma right. State. Twins scoops. Uh, they, they pick up, what, C.J. Kronoff waivers yesterday. Where do things stand as we see more and more names being floated both uh, in trade talks and potential free agency moves? Where do the Twins stand uh, right now as far as potential pursuits? Well, still looking for a second baseman. You know, it looked like that some of the national media folks have picked up on the DJ LeMayhew steam yeah, so that we talked about initially either a week or two ago. So yep. the Twins definitely have LeMayhew on their radar. I'll just say this much. I don't have a specific name for you, 
But my sense, I don't say this lightly, is that the Twins make a move, a trade. Are you thinking bullpen? for a starting pitcher? Okay. Because my don't know my who sense, it is. My sense has been bullpen help is on the way somewhere, but I don't know if that's oh, well, going to yeah. blow people away. Yeah, bullpen help is on the way too. I mean, maybe they end up making a trade and get back two guys. You know, starter and a starting pitcher. Yeah, I mean, they'll absolutely acquire at least one reliever, but I think more people are concerned about the rotation mm-hmm. and can they come up with, you know, whether it's a one or a two. Are you thinking a name that would excite people, or yeah, are you I think thinking it would a name be a that's name. going to underwhelm yeah. people? Well, I mean, they had some interest in Paxton before the Mariners moved him to the Yankees. Okay. I mean, would a name like that excite you? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, so, I mean, somebody of that ilk. All right, before we're done, Doogie, I'm going to give you some time. To proudly talk about your alma mater, since everyone thinks I hate the golfers. The Axe is back from Madison for the first time since 94, and the first time they've won it since 2003. So go ahead, brag about your football program. Well, I don't know if I need to brag. I mean, heck, PJ well, Fleck. Coming. I mean, I can say all I want that I saw only five wins this year, so a credit to them for exceeding my expectations. PJ Fleck, for God's sakes, told us this very much could be a down year. I think this team exceeded P.J. Fleck's expectations. I am excited to see where they're at years three, four, and five. I actually just taped a conversation with Connor Rhoda, the quarterback on last year's team. He was in Madison. (laughs) Yep. You know, and he's got insight that a lot of us just don't have. Sure. You know, and he's excited. I mean, he laid out why. I'll post that on my my next Scoop podcast later tonight or tomorrow morning. Okay. But he laid out why he's excited for years three, four, and five. You know, but I just, I think the man, the staff, they know how to recruit. So they are bringing in a number of good players. He did it at Western Michigan. Mm-hmm. So aside from all the rah-rah, the rhetoric, all that. I think he can coach offense. I think I he can think get players to coach. coach offense. I think the only, the biggest strike against. And he can recruit. The biggest strike against him for 2018 was not recognizing and changing the defensive coordinator quicker. Sure. That's it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't, I have never. I've been trying to think about this. You name me another in-season turnaround. There there have been a few, but not many, especially in football. You name me another in-season turnaround where it's been instantaneous. The Northwestern loss was not a terrible defensive game. The Purdue game, they were great. Mm -hmm. The Wisconsin game, they were damn good. They changed that position, and it didn't just get better. It got remarkably better. It was almost a complete 180. But we thought it was possible. I mean, a lot of these guys I know he did, played but I, well but that's for why, a good defense under Tracy Clays when they won the Holiday But Bowl. that's what I'm saying. The strike, the only real strike against P.J. for 2018 is not realizing that quicker. Well, or You even, would have never given up. Listen, the Maryland yeah. game's different. The Illinois game's different. The Nebraska game, all different. Correct. I mean, even for 2017, I mean, this isn't second-guessing. A lot of us said this at the time. What was he thinking hiring Rob Smith to begin with? Because he was bad at Arkansas. You talk well, to people in Bielema Fayetteville. Guy, I wouldn't hire a Bielema guy if you paid me. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, there were a lot of people in Arkansas saying, you just hired Rob Smith? What the bleep are you thinking? You know, and so we shouldn't be all that surprised. I know. But I think Joe Rossi has shown that he knows Next what the heck he's shot, doing. Though. He's been around the block. Dude, yeah. you got to smile. Joe <laughs> Rossi. Joe, if you're listening, just got a little smile. I mean, There's I personality like the there, lot, too. But give me a little yeah, smile. No, just we give were me a little, a couple weeks ago. Just give me a little with, smirk. Met with a few reporters. I think it was Vikings bye week. And I'm telling you, he's actually got, there's something there. There's some gumption. He's got, Oh yeah, he's capable of smiling. Put it that way. Clearly he can coach. But yeah, that mugshot lives, lives in infamy. Thanks, for sure. 
All right, boys, take it easy. David Morgan, by the way, Vikings tight yes. end, hasn't been ruled out for Sunday. It's about 50-50, which I know doesn't offer a whole lot. Yep. But, like, for example, this time last week, they knew internally there was no chance he would play against the Packers. And, and At this point internally in Egan, yep. they think it's about 50-50 that Morgan plays against the Patriots. And you said Scoop Podcast being posted probably this evening? Yes, I taped Connor Rhoda, okay. and I'll finish it off at some point later tonight. And, of course, you can find that 1500ESPN.com, iTunes, and also Podcast One back after this. Mackie and Judd resume things following these messages. That's just about the most fantastic scheme I've had to date. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd are back. Please, continue. On 1500 ESPN. I think that it was a mistake that we signed Aaron Rodgers to his contract early on because you could have had Mac when I know you went on that montage for that day or two with the show, which I agree with you that we could have signed Mac and we could have had a, a nice deal with that. There is no need that we should have signed Rodgers. And I don't know who's better, Gary. Is Rodgers a better magician or is far all the interceptions that he threw? Because right now, with, with the way Rodgers stole the Green Bay's money at that hunt, that $200 million contract, that's what I call it. It's not right. I'll hang up and listen. Go, Matt, go! If you could just answer those questions, that, that there is no need that we should assign Rodgers. And I don't know who's better, Gary. Is Rodgers a better magician or as far as all the interceptions that he threw, because right now, with, with the way Rodgers stole the Green Bay's money at that hunt, that $200 million contract, that's what I call it. It's not right. Go, Matt, go! Dan and Cunningham, what's wrong with your people? They're not my people. You were working in Madison. You covered the Packers longer than I did. I spent two years on the beat in 2003 and four. It's a lifetime ago. You were probably in diapers. I lived in Wisconsin for 13 months. I never covered Aaron. I never covered Aaron. You spent, I watched one game of Aaron Rodgers live because he was always hurt. What is wrong with these people? I have an idea. I think we need to start planting calls on Packer Ventline. Okay. Following the Packers games. Yep. I think because they give out that number. Of course they do. It's Pe- a, people yeah. people oh, in Wisconsin, from, you can call from anywhere. We get calls from Hawaii. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah. I think we need to start planting calls on Bill Michaels' Packer Vent Line postgame show. One weekend, I call in, Manny calls in, Jonathan calls in. Okay. Can get anyone to call in. Infiltra- maybe not, you're talking infiltration. Yes, yes. Maybe not you or Phil because you're on air far more and maybe there are some people that might recognize it, but my voice certainly will not be recognized as of right now by anyone that's listening to Packer Ventline and this show. Oh, I sort of like this idea. So why don't we plant a call? I see no reason why not to. I, w- I thought about calling in on Sunday night. I was going to suggest that it was a, a terrible decision for the Packers to sign Rodgers. They need to trade him, that his brother has better hair than him. How could they <laughs> sign someone who hates his family? Oh, like, I, I, was, I like that path. Like, I was going to just, I was going to tell them. I like them, that path. I was going to have them blow up the Packers. I, I like that path because if you call up and say trade him, Bill is so off his rocker now it's so with Rogers hate that he would agree with you. But if you went the family, if you suggested, if you called and said, 
I don't understand how how a guy who can't even get get along with with his family can beat the quarterback of this team, and then suggest that per, perhaps Jordan would be a solution at quarterback. <laughs> not not at quarterback, but somewhere in the organization. Maybe we need to put Jordan inside the Packers organization somehow. You know, he gets it. He called his mom after the forest fire. Wow. I don't mind this idea one bit. It's really it's probably mean spirited, but your I really next, like I don't your care. next Green Bay Packers head coach, Jordan Rogers. Ooh. You force Aaron to confront everything. Yeah. Or or you get Bill to try and get Jordan on the postgame show. That would be pretty juicy, wouldn't it? I think Bill might do that right now. I know. He probably That's would. Why, but he doesn't have that idea. We got to put it into his head. I keep trying to find out when it was that we turned the corner there. That went from the Packers just aren't that good, mm-hmm. but it's not all Aaron's fault to it's all his fault. And I think it might be the contract. I think it. Oh, for sure. I think it's it's a form of now Aaron's a much better player than the guy I'm about to bring up, but I think it's a form of Maueritis, mm-hmm. which is well, you're just paid so much, I just blame you. Yeah, that's I and I get that. That's probably what it is to an extent, but I think we have some fun with this. I think we need to start having fun with this. Oh, this is this is. I mean, I'm already having a blast. No, just, but just no, thinking about it. But Dan, Danny, you could be the first operative to I'll infiltrate. Call in. I'll, who do this they show. play Sunday? Uh, who, who, Arizona. I'll call in, and if they lose to the Cardinals on Sunday, oh. it's on. Even I don't think if they, they will. Don't, even if they don't, we just need to hope that it's close. Like we need them to yeah. not blow out the Cardinals. That's what we need. We need it to be. A, they can win, but we need Aaron Rodgers to not play his best, and we need them to to not blow out Arizona, and then we can have some fun. We need the Cardinals to have like a seventeen thirteen lead in the fourth quarter, and the Packers are just staggering through the game. And somehow, some somehow, even if it's not Rodgers doing it, it's just like a no. I want it to be to Aaron, Aaron Jones. Jones. Yeah, yes, a dump off to Aaron Jones, and he takes it to the house seventy yards for the winning touchdown. Actually, no, Devontae Adams. I need the fantasy points. I'm playing for the playoffs. <laughs> oh, your guy couldn't even catch the touchdown pass on Sunday. By by the way, Aaron Rodgers was blamed that, for that. that. Might have cost me the playoffs. Aaron Rodgers was blamed. for I'm that. not happy with Aaron either. Devontae, that, that's got, another reason. Well, Devontae's got to catch that ball. I, I told, know. I told those people. I said Devontae's got to catch that ball. Should have put it on his numbers. 2018 wide receivers. That ball's caught. Hit him in the chest. Diggs would have caught it. Oh, Diggs and Diggs Thielen, Thielen would have been under it. Devontae Adams is such a horse bleep route runner that he stepped out of bounds on Sunday, and came you know back what? in and made a nice catch and didn't even realize he had stepped out of bounds. Does Treadwell catch it? No. Are you kidding? <laughs> what are you <laughs> Get off the show. Two dollars. <laughs> Get off the show, Jonathan. What are you kidding? <laughs> this is the second time that you've been yelled at in this business now. Does Treadwell catch it? But see, I'm gonna <gasps> see here's what I'm gonna I'm gonna pretend to be an old school Packer fan now and say, well, Sterling Shop would have caught it. Antonio Freeman would have caught that ball. You know what they say there? And I, I heard this from Jordy Nelson would have caught that ball, John. Oh, spare me. My boy Wildy, <laughs> my boy Wildy told me the new narrative there is Favre would have done it. Aaron oh. can't. 
Brett Favre, who in 2003 I See. saw throw a punt that was picked off by Dawkins in Philadelphia in a playoff game. And by the way, Favre's last pass as a Packer was one of the most irresponsible, stupid passes against the Giants of all time. Mm-hmm. But the narrative now is Brett would have done it. Aaron can't. That's because Wisconsinites relate to Brett Favre far more than they relate to Aaron Rodgers. Wisconsinites, if they could pick someone to have a beer with, it'd be Brett Favre. They would never want oh, yeah. to just go get a beer with Aaron Rodgers. The fact that he's a I far would. better quarterback than Brett Favre doesn't matter to them. It's... I'd I'd have a beer and some cheese curds with Brett. Oh, Brett with a beer would have been great. You know, back in the day, you would have found out all the injuries. Back back in the day, I am told that when Brett was was still actively imbibing, that he and Frankie Winters and Chamara on the Tuesday off day, I think, mm-hmm. would go drive around Wisconsin to small towns and go to bars. <laughs> so like they wouldn't do it in Green Bay because if they did, it would just be a mob scene. And that there were actually so they'd go to like Appleton. Yes, exactly. And that and that they had access to the bars would then like put them in the basement or something. So it it didn't go completely crazy. But that they would drive. Can you imagine the fun of stumbling across Frankie Winters, Chumara, who of course has a reputation, and also Brett Favre? Can you imagine the fun? What that a Tuesday been? that would be! I told you the, my my story. There used to be uh there used to be a bar in downtown Green Bay called First and Ten. And my buddy from the Star Tribune and I would go to a Packers game or two per year. And after a game, after games, Brett and his brother would go to this bar and stand behind the bar and pseudo-bartend. Well, at least he talks to his brother. Yeah, well, he, he did. He did. Now, his brother, of course, was loaded. Brett was not as bad. But I see Brett behind the bar one time, and it's, you know, 6 o'clock on Sunday night, mm-hmm. and I need a beer. And this place is packed, so the bartenders are all busy. And I looked at Brett, and I said, just give me a beer. He's like, I can't do that. I can't serve you. I'm like, you're Brett Favre. This is Green Bay, Wisconsin. You could do whatever. You, you, you could be the mayor. You could be governor of Wisconsin. Give me a beer. He's like, I can't. I'm really sorry. This is bogus. <laughs> I'm your age. I'm trying to get drunk, too, here. <laughs> Wouldn't serve me. Were you covering the Packers at the time? No, this is, uh, my buddy and I would go as fans. This was like 94. Oh, okay. No, in fact, I think it was after, it might have been after the opener in 94. It was Vikings, uh, Packers. No, no, this was not. I was, don't get me wrong. I still went to bars when, when I covered the Packers, but not post game on Sunday. It wouldn't have been the first sports writer to do so. Uh, no, but I would have been the first one to get out that quickly. Fair. Because this is like right after the, this, this is like six o'clock. Okay, that's fair. How was Cleveland? Uh, it snowed. It sucked. Not happy about that. I saw your picture of the uh, yeah, arena. Yeah. the You know, that sign across the street, something changed about it. Like, it's not what I remember it being. There's that, that sign right across from yeah, where the Cavs play. It's over, Danny. I think LeBron used to be there, but he's not anymore. Oh, I'm, I'm just shocked confused. by that. I, you know what it should and be? You know what? Hugh Jackson. No, he's gone, too. He's gone, too. I was, oh, my God. I was so, Judd, I have never had this much fun watching Browns game as I did on Sunday. When Demarius Randall intercepted that pass and handed it to Hugh Jackson. That was my favorite Browns uh, you know moment of my you entire life. You know what? Let's come back and t- talk about that because I want to know your thoughts on on um, the quarterback being upset at Hugh Jackson as well for taking the Bengals job after being fired, of course, by the Browns. We'll get to that next. Zolga, Danny Cunningham, Manny, Jonathan, 1500 ESPN. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Oh. It's just what they'll be expecting us to do. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd now continue. Well, here we are again. Yes. On 1500 ESPN. 
All right, let's check traffic here. And I was hoping I wouldn't have to talk about any crashes before 4 o'clock. But unfortunately, I got to tell you about one. 494 near Edina between France and uh, Highway 100. That's Normandale Boulevard. We've got a crash there causing a 13-minute delay uh, eastbound on 494. So uh, be on the lookout for that one and drive carefully out there, folks. Way to go, Manny. Way to go. My Great fault. job. It was all fine, and then you started doing traffic updates, and it. now yeah, everyone's wrecking. All right, Danny, uh, as a lifelong, and I feel bad for you in saying this, as a lifelong Cleveland Browns fan, how did you feel about uh, Baker Mayfield's comments about Hugh Jackson, who we all know that you despise, uh, when Baker was asked about Hugh after the game and said um, he, he's not a big fan of the fact that Hugh took that Bengals job. It's my quarterback. You're, yeah, I know. You That's guys, my quarterback. You guys love him, don't you, already? Oh, my God. He is He fun. is the best. He's the best. Do you best. remember what a punk he was considered last season? No, I loved him. I loved him. What did he do to the Jayhawks fans? I, he uh, grabbed his crotch. That's what it was. Okay. But I loved him far before that. I fell in love with him on a, uh, a chilly September night. <laughs> Care to tell us more? When uh, he was in Columbus, Ohio. Oh, and he planted, and oh, he yes. planted the flag I right inside not... the block O. And that's the moment where I said, you know what, guys? He's the one. My bad. I didn't put two and two together. Yeah, there. that was. I should have known. Oh, he was, you hate Urban. He and was, then you were he very was, upset Saturday because Urban kicked Harbaugh's butt all over the field. Saturday was a tough day. Yeah, it was a, a tough afternoon. But Notre Dame won, so I was happy about that. It was okay. a tough day for me, too, on Saturday. Well, because I yeah, had Michigan in the... in the. Well, uh, don't even start to write that down. I had I had, had Michigan That's in... That's true, okay. In, in but don't give me it was a tough day, because your balls just stink. <laughs> it was a tough day, <laughs> no, Judge. No, it's not. You and Listen, Scoggins. Wait a, your wait a team second. Stinks. Hang on. Do you not understand the magnitude of Tennessee losing to Vanderbilt on Saturday? Isn't that three that years in a row? Three years in a row, Danny, for the first time since Calvin Coolidge was president. Sid Hartman was six years old the last time Tennessee lost to Vanderbilt three straight years. Couldn't be my team. Don't tell me I didn't have a bad day on Saturday, John. Time to bail. When I'm not bailing. I love my third, it's time to bail. I love my balls. I love the Gophers God. too, though. It was it was it was a good day. It yeah, wasn't, the Gophers got the axe. Yeah, no, it was, yeah it was I brought it with me from Madison. You're welcome. All of you. <laughs> I'm not sure I appreciate it after the Twitter, my Twitter feed. Why? Let's just say Gopher fans were upset with me on Saturday, and I'm still not quite sure why. They were upset for them for being positive. Yeah, I was positive. Was they didn't being like positive. it. <laughs> I said that it was a down, it was a down year for Wisconsin, but it's a great victory. And then I also said this should, this should now the next step should be consistent Big Ten wins. And they also, well, I mean, why they don't want you Bama, enjoy, right? They said, why don't you enjoy the win? They want Bama, right? That's what I voted. I don't know what there was a I poll. Don't I don't want. know. I don't. I don't know what. I saw. I saw the poll. Like, what's the next step for go for football? And I voted. Jonathan, we want, find that poll. We want Bama. That's what I voted. Find that poll because I'm curious what it <laughs> ended up at. Anyway, so you're all happy that Baker Mayfield called out your former head coach who you hate. Oh yeah, that guy's the because worst. he took a job with Cincinnati despite the fact he had been fired by Cleveland. He's fake, man. He he is. I will give you credit for this. He's one of the best self. He is one of the best self promoters in sports because there's no way that man should have a job. Except Marvin loves him. I don't get it. He's probably gonna be the next coach of the Cincinnati. No, Bengals. they can't do that. They can't do. <laughs> that. He's gonna be. Well, you're Judd, gonna make, sorry, Mike, Judd, right. It's Mike Brown. You're right. Mike Brown. Did, owns, did, remember, Mike Brown owns the Cincinnati Bengals. I just backed off. They're gonna make him a coordinator <laughs> and coach in waiting. Watch. Mm-hmm. Jonathan, what did that poll turn out? 
So as the poll yesterday, it's final now. What does the Gophers win this weekend do for your expectations for the program? 50% say doesn't mean a thing yet. 31% Big Ten West contenders. 8% 2019 Big Ten contenders. And I'm with Danny here. 11% we want Bama. Give me Bama! Danny Cunningham voted. I voted. I wanted Bama. That'll be the test. You're saying for... you don't vote, Judd? Yeah, did you not vote in the poll? I did vote. I did not vote. I want Bama. That'll be the I would, I was for Coach Rossi. Can he shut down Tua Tagovailoa? Well, that, I was walking from my car. Look on Quicken his face, I think he could. <laughs> was walking from my car to the arena last night for Cavs Wolves, and I saw that. I'm like, give me Bama, give me the Tide. Ready for it, Gophers you Tide. Are, you're, Gophers Tide in the Belk Bowl. The Belk Bowl has been wanting Alabama the Belk for Bowl years. Wants Bama too. Yeah, they've been they've been wanting Alabama for years. Don't, so give me the Gophers and Crimson Tide in the Belk Bowl. Don't forget the last time that these two programs met, the Gophers did win Music City Bowl. That's right, Mike Shula, right? Yeah, you know what that means. It's time for a winning streak, Judd. <laughs> it means your time is done here. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Oakley, Oakley. On 1500 ESPN.